She's a queen. This is dedicated to all my beautiful queens, all my beautiful ladies out there. She's a queen. Today's episode is sponsored by Not Me Too by Michelle Milbury. In the hopes of bringing the topic of consent to the kitchen table, Michelle Milbury wrote Not Me Too. Not Me Too was written as a read-through for both parents and children to help encourage and change the difficulty and the stigma with these types of conversations to prevent child abuse. It's to help young children have voices. This read is for both parents and children. Not Me Too is available on Kindle and paperback on Amazon.com. So thank you guys for joining another episode of the Q-Chat Podcast. So today I have a very interesting guest. His name is Mr. Benny Pugh, and he is an established music industry executive, and he has an extensive history. So he's worked with all types of artists from Jay-Z to Rihanna, Kanye West. I mean, the list goes on and on, you guys. So I'm going to go ahead and give him the floor and let him introduce himself to you guys. How are you doing today? Hey, Q, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for blessing our show today. Thank you for having me. And I finally heard that little New Orleans twang come out. <laughs> you know, you've yeah. been real pretentious, funny acting with me, trying to act very proper, but I just heard that thing. Um, thanks for having me. Um, very excited about being on your show. So, awesome. Mm-hmm. So tell us, I will start off by telling people your background. So I know like you are the former president of Rock Nation Records. You also have extensive history working with Epic Records. So tell us just how you got your start in the music industry. So let me take you through the journey for a little bit, right? Sit back, get your little wine, dim the lights. <laughs> you know, we can just we can just roll, but it's um, really interesting. I started in the music business as a comedian. I was oh. booked. I was booked for a show in Harlem, ninety uh, six in uh, Amsterdam, at this club called the Cellar. So the uh, promoter for Motown Records, you know, like the little regional people that run to uh, run to the radio station down there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That person in New York City booked me uh, for a show. And at the end of the show, asked me what I was doing. I hadn't made any plans, just graduated that summer, hadn't wrote, written my resume. So she asked me if I wanted to intern. I didn't even know what intern was, to be quite honest <laughs> with you. Like nobody <laughs> ever told us what no internship was, right? You graduated, you either got a job or you went to college and you got a job. Nobody knew about an internship. Right. So I uh, went down to the office that Monday and it was really interesting. Prior to that, I um, did sales. So I was a salesman. I sold cutlery door to door, um, sold fax machines, 
um, sold uh, bank products. So when it was time to go for my interview or show up for the job, I had on a three-piece suit, wingtips, and an attache case. As anybody knows on any video you've seen or any <laughs> behind the scenes, nobody dresses like that, right? So they were like, yo, who is this guy, the FBI or, you know, like some Amway salesman? So I started there and it was really interesting um, because the environment was um, so rich and rewarding. Um, just a host of African-American successful um, executives um, and just the wealth of knowledge and obviously the history of Motown. So when in, mm -hmm. in the college promotions where I started, uh, I was also an administrator. So um, I was processing my boss's uh, T&E, traveling expenses, knew not what that meant either. Mm -hmm. and, uh, <laughs> when I was reconciling one day, I felt kind of sheepish and said to her like, you know, I have your check and I'm lining up this expense thing. You know, I don't feel comfortable looking at your your paycheck. And she's like, no, baby, that's not my check. I was like, well, what do you mean? She said, no, this is the T&E. I said, okay, just explain it to me. And she said, well, the label pays for um, my car note. They pay my insurance. They pay uh, my cable bill. They pay my gas. They pay my phone. They pay air. They pay for my travel, all that drinking we've been doing every night, they pay for that. <laughs> they pay hotels. I was like, what? That's what I want to do. And uh, at that point, I fell in love with the music business. And then given the opportunity to really delve and dive in deep into the record um, business and get an opportunity to experience the artists, I uh, fell in love with the music and the music of, of the record business um, as well. Wow. So I know, obviously, as I mentioned, you're the former president of Rock Nation Records, and you spent some time with Epic Records with L.A. Reid. And currently, you are the CEO of Diverse Media, which is a full-service global music distribution and publishing company. So take us back to Epic, though, working with L.A. Reid. Like, what was, who were some of the artists that you work with. And I know like, obviously you said you started as the intern and once you saw how, you know, those checks kind of nice, you know, <laughs> you went ahead and moved forward. So take us to that journey once you transitioned from interning and got into the executive part, like when you got to be with the big dogs. So how was that? How was that like? So after I left Motown, I went to work for Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis at their label um, for 364 days. Sounds of Blackness came off of that. I was mm -hmm. the uh, national director of, of street team marketing and promotions. I actually coined the, the phrase lifestyle promotions um, mm -hmm. back then. Left there and went to MCA, I mean, I'm sorry, um, Arista, mm -hmm. and uh, moved to Washington, DC. And it was very intriguing and rich, the environment um, in DC, because it was the first time I actually, coming from um, New York, there are very few progressive uh, African-American communities, right? We didn't see that. And being a part of the DC culture, you saw black tailors, um, black, black bankers, black bakers, black everything, right? Because it was very self-contained and very mobile. Um, but during that time period, I was a part of some, some really good product projects that came off of Arista. It was the early bad boy days when uh, Puff just started um, uh, bad Boy at Arista, so Biggie came off of that, took them on the road. Um, Total, 
Craig Mack, um, uh, uh, we had Usher uh, came mm -hmm. through at, at that uh, that that point, and Monica. I was the first one to put her record on the radio in Washington, oh, wow. in Richmond, Virginia, at this radio station called WCDX, and in Richmond, and uh, left there, and came back to New York, and then moved to LA. I got a promotion as um, the SVP uh, radio promotions and. In Los Angeles, which I spent seven years, and some of the artists that I worked with there were uh, Shante Moore. Shante's got a man. Uh, mm -hmm. The Roots gave them their first and only a number one record with "You Got Me." Uh, mm -hmm. Common um, Delight with Macy Gray, his first and only number one record. Shaggy, wow. uh, "It Wasn't Me," worked that, put that on Black Radio um, as as well, and and the Wedding Classic, "All My Life" with Casey and JoJo. Oh, wow. um, broke during that time period. And the reunion of Guy came um, <laughs> while we was at MCA Records. Moved back to the West Co uh, East Coast with Def Jam Records, uh, uh, opportunity opened for me to come in. And they were a very closed shop. So they didn't really allow outsiders in. So once that opportunity opened up to become the head of their promotions, I took it, moved back <laughs> East. And that's when LA, walked in and that was an amazing incredible run and think about that period between 2004 and 2011 that's when young jeezy broke um dj khaled was signed uh rick ross um rihanna neo mm -hmm. um justin bieber the emancipation of mimi that album um came came to play um as well and a host of other artists fab fab was there as well so uh, 2011, I went to um, Epic, which uh, LA at that point um, was on the X Factor. So during that time period, gave me an opportunity to learn the business um, mm -hmm. between um, going back, um, interfacing with him and also being in the office was the first time I actually got behind the scenes um, to see how record companies really, really work. Mm -hmm. uh, and also during that time period, uh, had the opportunity to sign some Notable talents, um, Cash Out, uh, Gotti, and Future, uh, which was the first billion streaming artist at, in Sony's repertoire. Um, from there, um, left and went to um, Rock Nation Music, and um, we uh, started EQ Distribution, and also put out um, several new release, new artist releases during that time period. And I decided at that point that it was important for me, um, since I spent so much of my career um, developing talent and developing executives that I would take a shot on myself and mm -hmm. go out and create my own um, entity, my own distribution called Diverse um, Media, which we um, sign artists. We have artists signed directly to the repertoire as well as we do licenses deals through our, through our distribution. Um, we also have um, publishing um, that's done. My book will be released through diverse media, which should be coming out uh, this summer, as well as um, you know, looking for that next best talent. I saw the young artist, she's an amazing, amazing woman out of Jackson, Mississippi. Her name is Paris Gatlin. Just got a smash last night, to be quite honest with you. So you'll be hearing a lot of great things from her. Wow. So you named some, like I'm an old school head, like I told you before we started right. recording, I'm a music head, you know, I got a few years on me, I grew up, in what I consider like the major 
R&B era, you know, when R&B was just hot. And I know like now there's a lot of debate about R&B. There's some people that have said R&B has died, you know, hip hop is huge. So that's a question that I definitely want to ask you as someone that has an extensive background and you work directly with a lot of you know great r&b artists like you mentioned guy for example that was like a huge group when i was growing up what's your take on the state of r&b now do you think it's different now you know like at one point you know i just feel like listen to like baby faces and people like that you know and you heard like the la face records things like that there were love songs were the big thing do you think r&b has just changed just with the transition of time due to hip-hop do you really do believe the notion that r&b has died r&b will never die all right it's, mm -hmm. it's gonna morph into something different if you even think about the um artists who are doing r&b or or uh European, UK, white artists that's, you know, sing it, right, for the mm -hmm. most part. Um, I think here um, in the US, if, if, if you think about there are gaps that exist, right, there is no true trio or duo, right, as we grew up, male trio or duo, or even female, um, you know, there are a couple that have, have uh, success. But a lot of that comes from um, what has happened in the black churches. If you think mm -hmm. about where the R&B originated from was with the gospel singers, right? And the gospel singers now that's damn near like a union. You can't get that. You can't get the lead no more in nobody church, right? That's a job, mm -hmm. right? So, <laughs> you know, that as well as showcases and, you know, things of that nature. So it's, it's not that it's, it's, it's died, it's just different, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, and the times have changed um, and the music has changed. Now, hip hop is a dominant, I mean, hip hop is bigger than pop right now. So, yeah. you know, you have to, that's what, that's what pop culture wants. That's the dominating force of music. 20 years ago was pop music, right? It was, it was white popular music, which was the dominating force. So what's right. popular is popular. But there's still avenues and 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 uh, lanes that are available for quality music. Mm -hmm. uh, so you know, and there are artists that are still doing it. I mean, Khalid, he's he's um, mainstream, right? If you think about um, uh, um, artists like like him, uh, Let Us See, you know, or her, you know, mm -hmm. Jane Aiko, right? Artists like that are what are they, right? They're not. They're not hip hop artists, right there. Right. So it's a different iter iteration right now. No, there's no big soul crooner that's banging down the doors like you know the guy from Chicago was, or you know, and you go back and beyond. But that doesn't mean that they're not coming, mm -hmm. right? So I think we just have to hold tight. And as the times change and culture change, and as people's need and value for change changes the music will as well. Right, right. I love that answer. So I know that you obviously have worked with a lot of different artists and you mentioned, you know, just finding artists. And you also mentioned the times, obviously. Times have changed, you know, back in the day, we would always hear about singers that obviously got their start in church or some people that were discovered doing talent shows. That was a big thing too when I was growing up. Now things are slightly different. We live in an era where there are like maybe talent shows on television, things like that. 
but from the music executive perspective, like where do you go basically to find like the next the next talent? Like what what's your process of finding that nice voice or that new talent that you want to put on? Like where would you go really to seek them? Well, I can't tell you how I find my jewels because then, you know, I ain't going to make no money. So they got to pay for that, right? <laughs> BennyPew.com, BennyPew.com. Come there, come see me, and I'll give you that. But what I will say mm -hmm. is, is that um, there are a lot of different mechanisms. People are, everyone's looking at the streaming aspect to see what's bubbling, right? Um, you know, the platforms are, are good vehicles um, and all different kinds of, of uh, uh, different uh, opportunities that exist in the digital space uh, is probably what people go to mind a lot. Also, the local DJs always on top of talent, right? So right. It's, it's important to stay connected to the streets. Even still, like I told you about Paris, when mm -hmm. you hear her, you're like, I've never heard anyone like that before, but that was old school. Somebody told somebody who brought it to me. So uh, it's important to know that word of mouth is still strong on getting the talent because people know who are the folks that can make a difference in someone's life. And then they do a beeline trying to get there. So although mm -hmm. there's, there's a vast wide array of going into the digital space, looking and mining for talent, the real talent, people also will um, bring it to your desk. So. You know, connections are always still important, be it be studio, you know, radio, clubs, all that stuff still matters. Do you find that the new digital age, obviously, there's a lot of people that are independent artists and they, you know, they get their songs streaming, Spotify, SoundCloud, things like that. Do you feel that the digital age has made it easier for new artists? Well, think of it this way. Um, what are it, 30,000 songs a day that go up? So, mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, ultimately, it makes it more available, but yeah. yo, the competition is fierce, right? To be mm -hmm. found strictly on looking at going into one of the platforms and seeing what's moving, what's not. You might have stalled, or you know, it's you were you were up last week, but you're not this week. I don't know if I like the song, so it's it's made it more readily available for the artist as well as for the convenience for the label too. You don't have to go out. You don't have to do showcases. You can actually just look and see, is it moving or not? If that's what you're into, if that's what you're into. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. So looking up your background, I was looking at your website, which of course was very interesting. So I saw one of the taglines that you stated saying that the time was right to step out and bet on myself. Now, I know that you mentioned, obviously, once you got, you know, a taste of the industry that you wanted to go ahead and step out on your own. So how was that journey? I know, obviously, right now you mentioned how you have diverse media and you're responsible for music distribution, publishing, and you have new artists, things like that. So how was it when you first transitioned from working with other executives and you stepped out on your own? How was that transition? Um, just another day at the office. If mm -hmm. what, what was different is you're not a part of a system where there are um, support staff or a company of 100, 200 people where resources at your fingertips. But along my journey, I've learned a lot to know how to source that information. And I'm small. 
I'm not a major label. I'm not pretending to be a, a major label, but what I am is a potent knockout punch, right? Because it ultimately me for me, I can identify something, invest in it, deal with it, mold it, shape it, and put it out, which that's being nimble. I don't have to talk to six, seven people to see if someone likes it. You know, we're we not sure. Is it worth the investment? The streams are like, I don't know. No, we can we can do what we what we feel is the right way to move forward, and that gives artists um, confidence in knowing that there's someone who in who believes in them that's really truly willing to invest in them. Right? There's mm -hmm. no bank behind me. It's me. Right? Mm -hmm. So ultimately. Um, you're equally as important to me uh, as I am to you because we're in it together. Mm. Now, with your journey in the music industry and all the people that you work with, what would you say would be one of the biggest lessons that you've learned just from the people, the artists you've worked with, the executives that you've worked with? What has been one of the biggest lessons that you've learned that you've brought with you with your current job right now? Like, what what was been, what has been like the biggest thing that you learned that the biggest takeaway that you'll never forget that you always apply and how you attack things? Well, the biggest takeaway for me is in the music industry, out of the music industry and just a life principle is the truth. Artists, business, people, friends, relationship just want the truth. And you have to understand that artists are vulnerable. So with their music and their careers and their lives, they need to know exactly what, what, what the truth is on how to proceed forward. Does the audience like my music? Am I really doing as well as, I'm, um, as, as, as I think I am, right? What does my future look like? Um, how do I look? So, you know, how do, what, what do you think? So ultimately learning how to just be direct and true, I would recommend for anyone. And that's been consistent in my life. So that's that's really what um, I would I would definitely pinpoint as being consistent and most dynamic um, with all that I've worked for is just being straightforward and truthful with them. Okay. Now one other interesting thing that I saw when I was doing my research on you, it was basically saying that after a near fatal car accident in 2014 that you had the desire to tell your story. So can you take me back to exactly what happened with that car accident and what was your next step in moving forward? I mean, obviously I know anyone that has a, a situation where it's life or death, it changes your perspective as well. You know, it changes how you view things. So can you take us back to that situation? So in 2014, I was working at Epic Records. It was um, Labor Day uh, weekend. Um, August 31st, 2014. I was uh, at a barbecue with my family and um, with a life lifelong friend of mine. And we uh, decided to get in the car, take a ride. Um, and at that point, um, we're driving down the driveway, literally open the gate, turn right, and hear a thump. And the car shoots off. Mm. I look out of the corner of my eye and the odometer is like maybe at 75 miles an hour. I turn my head, he's passed out with his foot on the accelerator. Mm. So I did what I was always taught to do was talk to God. Mm. And at that point, um, the first thing that I said to God was, Lord, I guess I'm not gonna see my family anymore because during that whole month, um, the uh, I had come in contact with 
every family member in my life from um, my daughter, uh, my daughter, uh, my son who I left off, uh, dropped off at uh, school. He was at a boarding school down in Florida. Um, <clears throat> my father celebrated his 70th birthday. My mother, uh, she has Alzheimer's, so spent time with her. So my sister and her and, and my nephews. And um, literally saw um, my, my wife and my daughter um, at that last moment before we pulled off. And then the second thing that came to mind was, Lord, I guess I'm gonna see you soon because at this point, you know, you come to realize that um, your mortality is, is winding, winding in soon. Mm -hmm. So I uh, realized where I was in that state. And the third thing, I, I got mad with God because had I known I was going to die that day, I wouldn't have gone to the barbecue, right? Yeah. But more importantly, um, you know, I realized um, that, you know, the end was coming fast. So we, we, we glided off the road, hit a couple uh, bushes and trees. We hit something that redirected the car and we went barreling into an oak tree at about 90 miles an hour. Um, I, sus I uh, sustained a massive concussion, L3, L4 vertebrae fracture, bulging disc in my back, um, bled half the blood out of my body internally, uh, and um, lacerated, lacerated liver and hit the tree so hard that the seatbelt severed two feet of my small intestine. Oh, and wow. I live to, to have another day to mm -hmm. be a part of the rest of my life. And what was really important about that experience is that God gave me a book called On Impact, which is the title of my book. Mm -hmm. And On Impact, uh, Impact is an acronym for intuition, mastery, pivot, authenticity, communication, and teamwork. Mm -hmm. And the book is an inspirational, motivational business book that takes you through my journey from 11 years old delivering newspapers to now being here on the Q Show. Right and mm -hmm. and uh, with an undercurrent of music um, that gives a reader an opportunity to to apply lessons that if Benny could do it, I can do it too. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's amazing. That, that's a that's a story to tell. Definitely. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that kind of gave me chills just listening to that. <laughs> so I have some other questions. Obviously, you work with some. Uh, long list of artists. So just going back to some of the notes I wrote from Future to Kanye West, Travis Scott, Rihanna, Jay-Z. So just with all the people that you've worked with, would you say that out of all these artists that you've met who've made it, I put it in air quotes, you know, that mm -hmm. have gotten that popularity that has that recognition, would you say that there's like a typical blueprint though with each of those artists, like a certain just a certain list that you would say that you can kind of spot in each person that has made it to those, um, that have made it to that level that's similar, you know, that they've all mastered those same qualities that kind of just gives you like a, a light bulb, like, okay, this person is what stands out from the rest. So all the superstars that I've been in contact with are people who are definitely prodigies of the 10,000 hours. Right, they um, driven, hardworking, never leaving a stone unturned, and they would be successful at something 
if it wasn't music because their dedication and work ethic is really what it is. There are people who become successful out of luck. You know, um, your song goes viral and you're a star, right? There are people who, um, you know what, have a good business, whether it's a good touring business and, you know, they're popular in their own right. And then there's the superstars. And what makes them different is that they're really, really committed to what they do all day, every day. And there is no sec, there's no option. This is what they're going to do. And this is how they're going to do it. And they're not gonna let go. So I would say the tenacity, right? Um, the commitment and the drive is, is what that similar ingredient ingredients are for all of them. Mm. Out of all the executives that you've worked with, who would you say has been one of your major influencers? Oh man, I, I, I could never just say that there's one person. I would mm -hmm. say that each person is, is poured their best in me to make me a better person and a better executive. You know, had it not been from my first experience with someone seeing in me at Motown would have never gave me the opportunity to be at, at Rock Nation, which would not, uh, Epic wouldn't have happened, nor would Def Jam had happened prior to prior. And all those executives along the way that said, you know what, you can be better. I'm going to require more, I'm going to expect more, and you're going to do more. Hmm. So it is, it, it's, it's not as simple as there's one person that mm -hmm. is, that is um, um, made it possible. It's definitely, I'm a prodigy of a village. Oh, wow. So one of my favorite shows on TV One is the show Unsung. So one of those things that I always loved about that show, just from artists that I've grew up watching, you know, as a child, just hearing certain things in their journey. And obviously the whole nature of the show, Unsung is basically giving flowers to certain artists who, according to the show, should have reached a certain level that they just quite didn't go to. Are there any particular artists that come to mind that you work with who they fit the mold, you know, they have that talent, that spark, but just due to whatever circumstances, they just didn't hit a particular level of commercial success. You know, we had some chatter before we started recording. Are there any particular artists that come to mind that are just absolutely talented as far as what you know, who just didn't quite reach that certain level of success? You know, what's interesting, and we talked about, like, when I was in DC, there was an artist who, who I thought um, was very cutting edge and different, uh, Raheem Devine, mm -hmm. right? And if you mm -hmm. think about the time period, there was a lot of talented R and B. It was a, it was, it was, it was, it was the heyday, right, yeah. of of mm -hmm. R and B. So I think you have to look at it from from a different light. Um, ultimately, the people decide. decide. It's mm -hmm. not what we think. Right. It's right. how well you've done on creating a fan base mm -hmm. um, in order to expand. Right. Mm -hmm. How you built those different levers and and expanded. So at some point, the people who have who've really gone broad have either done really well at what they have defined as themselves or they pivoted along the way to expose themselves differently and for the mass commercial success. But mm -hmm. those who are niche and have a big following, you can't tell them they're not a star to their fans. Mm -hmm. So right. the world may not have experienced them, but their fans love them. 
So it's all mm -hmm. relative, right? Yeah. Ultimately to what you value is success to be. True. I definitely feel that because, you know, like we talked outside of the recording, like I'm actually interviewing Raheem Devon Wednesday. And to me, like, I love Raheem Devon, you know, I love R&B and I can name to so many songs. I play songs from him that went back about a decade, you know, yeah. but to me, it's People like, I just realize, yeah, he's been around a long time. Right. But for me, some of the songs that I play is like, it just came out yesterday. So I think that's one of the neat things about certain artists. They may not have, you know, what someone, the next person may feel is a measure of success and notoriety. But to me, when you have that talent, it doesn't matter in a sense because they, they, you, you still grow that fan base, you know, that you still have the people that know your songs and love you, things like that, which I think is a great, you know, well, testament of, to talent. Well, think of it this way, right? Mm -hmm. If he had 250,000 fans who felt like you, at a minimum at a dollar per person on <laughs> either purchasing his music, purchasing his t-shirts, going to his tours, he's making a great living. Oh, yeah. Doing what he loves to do. Right, right. And that's all so that You don't need millions. Oh, you need yeah. to satisfy the people who love you. Right. That's what's most important. Satisfy mm -hmm. them and grow from there. But don't right. ever turn your back on the ones who love you. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right. Cause you mentioned a good thing. There's also artists, of course, that I've watched and unsung that got to that plat that plateau, and they drop quickly. You know, oh. for whatever circumstance. You know, we all you know know those types of stories. So one of the things I want to round out with, I know, like currently you're working with, you have your diverse media. So what's your vision for this business? You know, what's your vision for this platform? Cause it is fairly new, correct? So what's your vision on how you see things moving forward and what you would like, you know, as far as what you distribute, the artists that you meet, what's your vision for diverse media? So I want to be um, <laughs> retro in the boutique space. I want to be classy. I want to have a great artistry repertoire and a destination for people who are looking to grow and learn in the music business. I wanna sign very particular things that are special, as well as give artists who don't have an opportunity um, to be in contact with executive talent. Here you can come and look at this as a destination point. So we also are able to put your music up on all the platforms. So it's no different than anywhere else. But what you get that's different is you get history, you get lessons, you get understanding and you get fairness. And that's what, what's most exciting for me in being in the music and giving back to the to um to the audience is here i've been in the business for for an extended period of time and here's a place where you can just sit and touch and talk mm -hmm. so if someone were to listen to our show who has a desire to get into the industry whether it's on and obviously the music industry i think what people have to understand it's more than just singing there are songwriters there's musicians Absolutely. There's the executives such as yourself. There's A and R. There's so many different realms to the music industry. So let's say, for example, one of our listeners who are going to tune in and listen to this amazing conversation, and they're influenced by what you're saying, and they want to get some advice, you know, from the goat himself, you know, Mr. Benny Pooh, on how what they should look for and what they should do to break into that industry. Are they, you know, just need some encouragement? What would you say to someone who's up and coming, whether that's a a music artist, or whether it's someone that just wants to work in the background, who wants to be an executive, or who wants to work in A&R, or who wants to be a producer. 
what would you say to that person to give them some encouragement? Never give up on your passion and know what you're great at. You may start in the business one way, but you can finish as an amazing talent somewhere different. You may become um, a Dr. Dre who was a performer, right? In the beginning, now one of the world acclaimed producers. Didn't start, started one way, finished somewhere totally different, right? Or, or Puff, who was a dancer and now is one of the biggest iconic CEOs in the world. So being able to identify your talent and know where you are as you're in the process is extremely important. So don't hold on to things that aren't working. Be honest and truthful to yourself so that you can get working. Mm, awesome. Thank you so much for this conversation. Like I said, I love music in general. So I'm just excited that I got to talk to someone who works in the, the other aspect of it. You know, because like I said, the music industry goes far beyond you know, the artists, you know, there's, there's the backstory to creating these artists and putting their music out there and creating these labels that puts out this music that we all grow to love and never forget. So I want to thank you again. But before we end everything, please tell everyone how they can find you, how they can find you on social media. Hey, I may have your next best thing that's going to tune in and they want to get with you and figure out how you can put them on and make them that next big thing. So tell everyone how they can find your information. All socials at Benny Pugh, B-E-N-N-Y-P-O-U-G-H. Um, BennyPugh.com is, is my website. Um, all my listings are there. As well as I said, you can meet, uh, reach me on all platforms at Benny Pugh, at Benny Pugh. Thank you again. Thank you again. Thank you again. Like I said, I hope that we definitely can have some future conversations. And I'm definitely going to be looking out for that artist from Mississippi. You know, that's a neighbor right here in Louisiana. Right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So thank you so much. And I, I definitely wish you all the luck with your new venture with diverse media. And I know you're going to do amazing because you are definitely the goat. You definitely have some amazing experience and you've worked with some great people. So I'm definitely excited for you and for the new artists that I know you're going to be breaking out and we're never going to forget these artists. I know you're going to find some great talent. So I wish you all the success. Thank you for your blessing. Thank you for listening to the Q Chat Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Queen's Arrogance LLC. Our company website is www.goqueen.com. Stay connected with us. Head over to www.goqueen.com for your self-love empowerment merchandise. And don't forget to subscribe on YouTube. That's Go Queen TV. And follow us on IG, the Q Chat underscore podcast. And I am underscore go queen. No matter what stage you're in, go love yourself.